I'm allergic to cats, and I've got to deal with this. The very first text to the show is we welcome you into the Plank Show. Uh, I'm at home today because Washington school districts are closed. Or, sorry, remote learning today. Oh, and the snow has just started. Here in the metropolis of Goldsby slash Washington. But for some reason, they, they closed things down, and it's fine, right? I'm, I'm cool. I don't mind having an extra day with my girls at home. But I kind of got to be here. So I'm in my studios, and this is where we keep our stupid cat. Now, there is a time. When do you think the cat story Let's has to be Let's just do it told? now. I, 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 I want to know about what's no, going on with the cat. Get out of here. Get out of here. Go. <laughs> stupid cat. Go. Okay. Let me, let me tell this story real quick, then we'll get to Joe Lenardi. So, I'm allergic to cats. And not like kind of allergic, not like, oh, maybe you were when you were little and you're not anymore. No, no, no. I am allergic to cats. And this cat just broke out of its little case again. Oh, my gosh. And it's staring at me. And it's cute as hell, but it's just, it's a, I'm allergic to you. The cat, I think, loves you. So, Burley's first tweet to the show, text to the show was, oh, did you get kicked out of your house? Well, just to kind of give you a full, like, lay of the land. Um, this studio, when we moved out here to, to Goldsby, when we moved to the, the Washington Metro, um, there is a detached garage. And this garage used to be the home of, I guess, an RV. And I just was like, you know what? Let's, um, let's put, our stu- put a studio out there. I do a lot of shows. Uh, you can do things from home. So technically, my studio is in a detached garage. So it's away from the home. People can sleep, and it's fine. And, and it literally is where a car used to be parked, so it's not anything fancy. It's, it's me, a mic, and some sort of AC slash heater unit from the 1930s. So the, the kid's grand idea was, we'll just keep the cat out in the garage. And whenever it's time for you to do your show, you can let it out. Because we get this cat, because we suddenly move to Washington, we think we're country, so we got to get a stupid horse, then we got to get a stupid chicken coop, and we got three dumb dogs. So it's great times for me right now. It's awesome, good times. Well, the first thing that happens when we get this cat, Josh, is that one of my dogs freaks out and attacks it and breaks its leg. Well, I don't know about you guys, but at that point I'm like, eh, looks like this isn't going to work. Let's... uh. Let's get the kitty fixed up, and we'll, uh, we'll get it out of here. Well, the fixing up was not, was not cheap. Do you want me to tell you how much it costs to fix this stupid cat that I'm allergic to? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to know. It was $3,000. $3,000. Now, I work in radio. I don't have $3,000 laying around. I started reaching out to people. I'm like, eh, you know any cat exterminators? But then, again, I'm, I, I'm a softy at heart. I have a soul. So I'm like, all right, listen. Get the cat fixed up, and we'll get rid of it. Well, cat's still here, Josh. Cat's still here. Yeah, you didn't win that fight, huh? So a cat that we got for free. Someone just texted me, good dog. All right, right, good tater. Good boy. But this outside cat, I'm, I'm, t- I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. This outside cat that is supposed to be here to, I don't know, protect chickens. Yeah. Which I thought mice this, and the like. Whatever. I thought, like, cats ate chickens. I don't know, but we have one. So this cat that I have that I am 
I am allergic to is just sitting here staring at me now <laughs> and is the bane of my existence because this free barn cat that the girls just had to have and would help keep varmints away is now in a, in a climate-controlled room where I do my show, and every time it's like, hey, can someone come out and do something about the cat? The response is, we'll get out there in a little bit. It's okay. Just put him in the other room. Meanwhile, if I put him in another room, Josh, the dope knows how to break out of the other room, and then we'll just not, like, gently crawl up me. We'll dig his claws in him. You heard. You heard it. Yeah. I wish we had that on air. <laughs> He'll dig. The, she'll dig her claws into my leg and climb up my body and literally just put it in my face. They're like, ha-ha, you're allergic to me, and there's nothing you can do. And, oh, by the way, I was a free cat, and I just cost you all of the Christmas gifts that you were going to give to your kids. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. And the worst part of it all is I think the cat really, really likes you. Guy from Geyer. Dude, there is not a cat alive worth $3,000. Maybe not all cats combined. <laughs> Guy, you're telling me. You're telling. So, uh, by the way, to let you know, in this, I literally, I want to cry telling this story. I'm not even lying. Because it wasn't, you know, literally the first place we went because this cat gets attacked by the dog. So it's hobbling around for a couple of days. The first place we go, the person's like, I don't know if it's going to make it. Oh, and in my man. mind, th this is going to sound terrible. I'm like, okay, let's, that, uh, let's get that taken care of, right? But then the girls are all emotional and they're crying. It's like, can't let the cat die. So I'm like, okay, well, let's get a second opinion. Well, then we go to another place and it's like, we can amputate the leg. Well, then great. I would have a three-legged cat running around the house. Who the hell wants a three-legged cat? Apologies to anyone with a three-legged cat. I don't. Reminder, I'm allergic to the thing. Allergic. Someone just texted in. Chris, get the cat a scratching treat. Scratching bro, post, yep. Bro, I have bought this cat enough stuff, okay? I think it's reached <laughs> its max on gifts from me. Did you get it a did you get it a, a cat tree? Little <sighs> cat scratching post. Does it have one? It's got it can scratch on anything in here. So maybe maybe I'll go buy one for it today. But no, so Josh, we, we go to two different veterinarians. Right? And the person that was going to amputate its leg, let's just say what I paid would have been double. Would have been double. I mean, we're talking in upwards of like 5K. So we finally find someone that can, that can put a pin in the leg and save it. So get the surgery, get it taken care of. And now several thousand dollars later, here we are. Some uh, reaction to this real quick. Plank, you know cats are the devil. Sooner, Todd, I think you can tell from this story, I agree with you. <laughs> Gunny of Stutzman Army. When it comes to felines, I have no heart or soul. I'm allergic to the little ice holes like Plank. Kindle. Holy poop. You paid 3K, 3K for a cat to be fixed. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Josh. I may be lowballing that number right now. Oh, man. Oh my God! I honest, I I'm the, I think I have a loan out for what I took care of this cat for. You so when you guys when you're like, damn, Plank seems like you work a lot of shows. I thought I heard you on midnight. Now you know why. Now you know why. Because of the barn cat. 
it's your girl's happiness that is worth more than three thousand dollars. <laughs> they said plank money can't buy happiness. Okay, dude, whoever that is from the nine one eight, I love you, but holy smokes, bro, I I want to block you right now so badly. <laughs> That's why I'm in this situation, dude. That's why I'm here where I am right now. A couple of others. Um, Vets around here are generally zero state grads, so you being the OU sideline reporter, you're getting the sooner discount. (laughs) Oh, right. This is, you know what? Right here, here's the text of the day. 404 just sent the text of the day. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is it. And then we're moving on to Joe Lenardi. Chris, maybe in your next life, you'll get to be the man of the family. Thank you. Thank you. I, my favorite thing in my family is, what do you think about this? And I literally, when it's asked, like, what do you think about getting this? I'm like, I, I, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I say. Guys, here, here's the thing. At uh, 1012 here on The Plank Show, Stupid Cat Lucy has taken over the program because this is the first show we've done from the – Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, Goldsby slash Washington Studios with my dumb cat. And and by the way, I'll make this clear. I like the cat. It's just it has like the most inopportune times whenever it decides it's going to claw me up and down my leg. Um, But the, the idea that my opinion matters in this house is the funniest thing ever. I'm down three to one, guys. I'm down three to one. And it's 8, 14, and, you know, my 25-year-old wife. So it's, I'm not winning. I'm not winning anything. So it's like, hey, what do you think about a cat? No, can I, can I just go back? <laughs> Josh, I wasn't even asked about the cat. It just showed up. It's like, here's the cat. Surprise. And then, all of, then all of a sudden, that next morning, I hear Tater. Rah, 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 rah. He's got his, like, leg in his mouth. I'm oh, like, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's that's not fun. Well, I'm so mad right now. That's Jesse Rice. Not good. This is good. This is good too. Being nice stinks. I bought a house that had a barn cat in my hometown ten years ago. I moved to Goldsby five years ago. Had to bring the cat with me because <laughs> no one would have been able to feed this dumb barn cat for six months. I still have it. It's blind now and follows me pretty much everywhere. Drives me nuts. Some of these text messages are pretty good. Um, it's good. It's good. Tyler in Kellyville. By the way, spent a lot of time in Kellyville. You can be the nicest cat owner in the world. Buy them the best toys, food, and medical care. Doesn't matter. The cat will still put <laughs> put its uh, Junk. stuff in your face all the time, dude. While I'm on the air. Shane in Newcastle, rename her Lucifer. Gunny Stutzman Army, I would have taken care of that cat for you for 20 bucks. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. Frank. But, but I want to tell you right now, I did have a lot of offers. We told this story. I've been saving this for a little bit. But we told this story, and, and some of the I, – I, I was quickly reminded that we're very much city folk, Josh, uh, whenever we were talking about vet bills because someone was like, you, you want to get rid of that cat? You, you just call me. We'll get rid of that cat. I'm like, I could probably have replaced it with another cat and no one would have ever known. So there you go. 
and it's climbing up my leg right now. <laughs> what Plank isn't illustrating right now is he actually really does love the cat. I do. That's the thing at the core of it is I don't mind it. I've had cats before, um, but I also I've kind of reached that point in my life where I'm I'm kind of done with them, and now I get it. <laughs> now I get it, and it, it it is it is what it is. Chapstick, it's your fault for getting a cat. Chapstick, how is it my fault? I had nothing to do with this. This showed up one day. In fact, I can tell you when it was. It was after a foot. It was our last football trip. It was the trip to Lubbock. It was our last football trip. I come home. I pull into the driveway. Life is good. It's early because remember we drove through the night, and I fall asleep on the couch. Everyone wakes me up the next morning. We're going to go to church. Life is good. And the girl's like, we got a surprise, Daddy. Lo and behold, that cat, that surprise was this cat who is, is, is currently climbing on my shoulder. Look, I'm going to send you a picture of how <laughs> I'm wait. having to do this segment right now. This is, this is no lie. And, and look, it knows exactly what it's doing. Okay? How, I, how I just, joyful you, were you when you first got the surprise? There was a part of me that was like, you know what? Um, there's a, a, an outside cat's not going to hurt anything. Ow. An outside cat is not going to hurt anything. It's fine. It can roll around outside. It can be an outdoor kitty. Right? What I didn't realize is this damn thing was going to take over what was, what was supposed to be my studio oh, slash oh. man cave. It's See a little, what I'm saying? It's a little calico. Yeah, it is. A little calico cat. Um. Kendall, I would tweet out the picture. I put a picture of it on Instagram a while back. But, yeah, I uh, – welcome <laughs> to my life. It's a cute cat. <sighs> One up, Chip in Arlington. One little single kitty today, cat hoarder lady tomorrow. <laughs> By the way, every cat lady that I know in my life are pretty awesome people. So maybe that's what I'm headed towards. Um, One more from the 214 from Sooner Fan in Texas. Chris, if a cat ever ended up at my house like that, I probably would have ended up in jail for animal cruelty. Not laughing at that. Cannot stand cats. It would be hit the road the first day there. Again, I mean, Sooner fan in Texas, you act like I have any control in my house. None whatsoever. But I appreciate the help. So, yeah. Joe Lenardi's coming up next. Can I ask you one final question? Sure, go ahead. If you guys are ever wondering, boy, Plank, you seem very angry. I mean, you're fighting with texters all the time. This is my life, bros. It's, it's Lucy. It's Lucy's fault. <laughs> do you – how do you feed the cat? Does the cat just kind of eat on its own? Or do you, do you feed very the cat? Very good question. Very good question. So, as it stands right now, per our last vet appointment, which I'm sure cost me hundreds of dollars, uh, there are two sides to this garage, Josh. There is a side where, like, the mower is kept and, you know, a bunch of tools that I have that I act like I use, but I don't know what they do, right? Uh, and then there's this kind of more of a living room slash family area where I do my shows and stuff. So over in that mower slash tool area, there is a food bowl and some water. And there's doggy doors everywhere in this house. So, literally, that's how the cat got out in the first place, is it snuck out a doggy door, and that's when good little Tater got a hold of him. But before any animal activists get after me, bro, I have done my part to save this dumb cat's life. I cannot control what my over-anxious little Frenchie did to try to take care of a problem. Here we are.
And here it is, climbing up my leg again. <laughs> so it's that's very partial to you. I don't know what I honestly think. I think cats have like this sense where they know that you don't like them or that you're allergic to them. I honestly do. <laughs> I think they know when they're around someone that's not a cat person. Here's the other part of it. Just what I'm sorry. I don't mean to go this long on it, but it's a story I've been wanting to share for a while. So you guys can kind of understand my pain. Maybe send text to make me feel a little better about it. It's Tuesday night. It's game night for OUTCU. Tons on that. I got Joe Lenardi. I talked to Joe yesterday. We'll share it coming up next. But there is a door in this garage. Here's the stupid cat again. There's this door, right, in our, in our garage. And the door looks out towards the yard. And there's a window or a glass in the door. And the cat will sit there while the dogs are out. And literally, my Frenchie is going crazy, like barking at the door like nuts. And the cat will just be sitting there, like, staring at it. Like, kind of like, <laughs> I'm still here, B. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Meanwhile, the dogs are, and, oh, by the way, Josh, we do have to introduce the dogs to the cats again at some point. Because, apparently, they're all going to be living together. They're so, all going to be best friends. In synopsis, barn cat brought home for free by the girls, attacked by one of the dogs, breaks its leg, think we're going to have to amputate the leg. Then we're going to have to give it away. Then we might have to put it down, find a magical vet who can pin the leg and save it. $2,500 to $3,500 later, I am a cat owner. Good times. And by the way, my dogs are out now. So probably at any moment, you're going to hear this wild Frenchie at the door just barking like crazy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> right on cue. Right on cue. Oh, the cat's scared of him. The cat's scared of him. Ah, we got a break. When we come back, j- thank you guys for humoring me on that. It's been an absolute, um, it's been an absolute nightmare because this cat just loves me, and I like it too. But I can't stand it in the same vein. It's like a buddy from college. All right, quick break. When we come back, what did Joe Lenardi say about Oklahoma's chances in the Big Dance next? Right here on the wrap. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Rev. <laughs> I think Tyler from Kellyville is becoming one of my favorite texters. Is it really worth another 3K introducing your dogs to the cat? No, it's no, not. It's, it's it's really not. Um, and, and by the way, I appreciated – this dude's texted a lot, but he doesn't have a name. But from the 918 – he writes, I, I had to buy basset hounds for my girls, and I didn't have a say, so I hear you. Um, Those are a couple of good-looking dogs, by the they way. They are, by the way. Here's one from Sooner Fan in Texas. By the way, the cat is now attacking the TV for some reason. Apparently not a fan of Mia Kimes. Uh, from Sooner Fan in Texas, sorry, Chris, but I totally get not having any control in your house. I'm right there with you. Sooner Fan in Texas, we need to have, like, a support group. It's like, hi, I'm Chris. I don't have any control in my house. Hi, Chris. What'd you have to buy this week? I had <laughs> be to buy. Good, be a good South Park episode. I had to buy a a, a horse saddle. It's worth like like three three thousand uh, dollars. And then one more from the four hundred five. Cats are uh, cats are the worst. You can do everything in the world for it, but if you died alone in a house with it, it would definitely eat you straight up evil. If you missed any of our conversation about my newest furry friend. You can find it on the podcast page as soon as the show wraps up. All right, 
Get Back to Sports Guy is totally resonating in my head right now. So uh, on my Big 12 show yesterday, we talked to Joe Lenardi, uh, bracketologist. How are we looking as far as OU is concerned coming up in just a bit? But let's start with the Big 12. Is there the possibility that we could get eight teams in from the Big 12, Joe Lenardi? Yeah, and everything would have to go right because of games in which they play each other, right? Right. You know, there have been times, and there was talk, even myself, before conference play really got rolling, you know, you can make a case for all 10 teams in the Big 12, but then because, you know, every time there's a league game, somebody loses, uh, it was just unrealistic for it ever to shake out that way. But today on our board right now, uh, the Big 12 with the first, second, and third teams out. The two Oklahomas and West Virginia. So certainly at least one of them is going to make it uh, seven weeks from now, maybe more than one. How tenuous, Joe, is that hold on a one seed right now for Kansas? Ask me about uh, 10 o'clock Central time tonight <laughs> after they finish the game at Baylor. I mean, it should be impossible to lose two games, especially the second one, the way they did TCU and hold on to a one seed, but all the teams, well, a number of the teams that could have benefited, uh, UCLA loses uh, at Arizona on Saturday, uh, obviously Houston uh, losing yesterday at home to Temple by a point. Uh, so, so in order to drop, somebody has to pass you, right? And right. And that won't happen unless Kansas loses tonight, at least on our board, and then in tomorrow's bracket, conceivably, if, if it's up to me, I'm moving Tennessee up to the fourth number one seed position. And, of course, they have a neutral court victory over Kansas, which doesn't hurt in the head-to-head evaluation. So, okay, sidebar to this, because I think you brought up Tennessee. In, in just your idea and how the committee looks at this, and I guess in that, the, the dirt sheets and the nitty-gritty and things of that nature, how – how important, how much weight does like a Big 12 SEC challenge carry? Much at all? I think now with uh, there being so many bubble teams in each league, uh, the games that are kind of down the ballot, if you will, might be more significant. You know, the games involving the Oklahomas and West Virginias and Texas A&Ms and Florida. Uh, teams like that, to me, you know, Kansas, Kentucky, those kinds of games always get the most attention. Uh, Tennessee, Alabama, everybody wants to see them match up with the top of the Big 12. But uh, on Selection Sunday, those teams at the very top are, are, are going to be spoken for, and their seeds are going to be pretty clear cut. Uh, we don't know that about the teams around the at-large cut line. All right, Joe, let's talk a little bit about uh, one team in particular, and that is the one of the first last four out, Oklahoma. Is is it as simple as saying the Sooners just have to go out and win some games? They've been close, they've been tight, but they're dropping in the net, they've dropped out. What does Oklahoma need to do to get back on the right side of that bubble? Sometimes it really is. Uh, the, the, the answer to the question is the simplest answer possible. You, you can't win games in this year's Big 12 and not help yourself. Like, every game is an opportunity. So while there are obviously a lot of pitfalls and a lot of places you can take losses, I mean, look at KU. They never lost to TCU at the Fox, right? And and they got blasted. Uh, 
but you, you know, if Oklahoma can get anywhere near 500 in the Big 12 at the end of the regular season, they're going to get in. And the same goes for, you know, the other bubble teams, Oak State and, and, and West Virginia. Uh, I mean, heck, it, it's in recent history, Oklahoma got in once at 7-11 and 11 with Trey Young and at 8-12 and 12 the year after. So, you know, there's a lot of history here in their favor if they could just kind of get out of their own way long enough in those close games. So I wanted to jump in right there. Does that does that make you feel any better, Josh, about Oklahoma's chances from our conversation with Joe Lenardi on Big 12 today? Hey, you just got to go win games. No doubt. And we we sort of knew that, but when you've got the, the number one Division one schedule, strength of schedule remaining, yeah, there's opportunities. And for OU, I mean, what do you think the magic number would be for them to get in? I mean, like he said, I, I, you don't even have to be 500. You've just right. got to be, you know, within shouting distance in the Big 12 of that. Um, could, could we use that seven number? Or, or do you feel like it needs to be more? How about this? I, I had one more, one more kind of two-part question here that I asked him that I thought was pretty good. First, well, I, well, Gabe asked the first part of it. Like, how deep is this league? In other words, when we're setting that number, and you look now and there's, according to Bracketology, six teams in, Josh, but three that are among, like, the first eight out, how deep does he truly view this league based on the analytics and the numbers that he looks at? Well, I think there's two ways to answer that. How deep is it in terms of leagues that are, you know, difficult to beat, especially on the road, D- deeper than any league in the country? I mean, Texas Tech is a hard game, especially in Lubbock. Uh, so, so I would say, you, you know, in terms of night in and night out competition, absolutely first. Now, it's a little different from a bracketology perspective because we're talking resumes. And, you know, in those evaluations, uh, quad one and quad two opportunities, the Big 12, obviously, best in class. Being able to take advantage of those opportunities, easier said than done. I mean, you know, what we're going to learn about some of these Big 12 teams is they're good enough to lose to a lot of good teams. Somebody's going to be like three and ten in quad ones, and you know, to my way of evaluating it, that team doesn't make it. It doesn't go because if 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 your if your record like that or is like that against quad one, it, it means you've also lost a fair number of home games in quad one uh, because these league games are all you know it's the perfect round robin. It's the last great league to play a full. Uh, round robin and this you know one of the last year or two of that prior to the departures of of texas and oklahoma so uh, you know i'm enjoying watching it as a fan if i was a coach i think i would be losing a lot of sleep fair enough okay so can we can we get two quick texts on this when we come back because i love it whenever we have a very sportsy topic like this and we get good reaction because I think uh, Chapstick and the 405 are all over this right now. And I think there's a hell of a question to be asked about Texas, right? 
um, Rodney Terry, interim coach. How is that viewed? Right? Is there any any different way you now look at Texas because they've had the coaching change? Does it change the analysis at all? Let's get into that next. Anything from that that surprises you at all about the depth of the league? No, it's just what the league is. We know that it's, uh, you know, in terms of resume-enhancing opportunities, you've got the most of them. Now, That's right. getting that accomplished, <laughs> finding a way to, for Oklahoma, what are they, uh, what are they, two and five right. in the, the league right now? I mean, finding a way back to 500, you've got all these opportunities, but Doing that when you've got nine games left against ranked opponents and eight of those in Big 12 play, okay, that's a different story. That's that's tough. That's a good point. It's a good point. All right, so what do we make of Texas with an interim coach? What do we make of what Joe Lenardi said about OU's chances? We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. My gosh, this thing is digging into my knee for some reason. What do you want? I tweeted a picture. I tweeted the picture. Kendall found Kendall found the uh, Instagram picture of this dumb cat. So I just went ahead and sent out the picture that I sent Josh. Yeah, it's a good picture of you, too. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. Genuinely. I, I, think, it's, sense, I think it's a nice picture. Can you sense the hell that I'm in? I, and, and by the way, here's my favorite part. I just Can I grinch for one more moment? You may. I send the picture to my wife and kids and say, can someone come out here and please help me? Do you want to know what the response is? What can we do? <laughs> Start by not getting a cat. Walk your lazy bums out here. Do something. I've got to preoccupy now. I found a toy for it. And some might say, well, you know, you've done other shows out there before. Okay, great, great point. Great point. Um, this being the first ref show that I've done out here. In the span of, like, 24 hours, this cat has figured out how to break out of its little secret area. Or its, its secret area. It's a little area. Don't know how. I've, 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 I've even watched it. And I'm still trying to figure out how it breaks out of it. So I like this picture of you that you sent where you're doing kind of the Michael Jordan tongue thing. And the right. cat's yeah. sitting there. You can see yeah. its face a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, so let me get a couple of texts back to sports. And what we talked about with Joe Lenardi as we prepare for tonight's Oklahoma TCU game. Uh, this one from the 405. OU has a real good chance of making the tournament if the remaining teams left to play lose their starting five for the rest of the year. Other than that, they're fighting for a chance at the NIT. It's not real optimistic, 405. Here's another one. At what point does the Big 12 conference look like they don't know what – oh, wait, hold on, hold on. That, that, that's for another topic. Uh, this one from Chapstick. So Lenardi is saying – that all 10 Big 12 teams are deserving, but not all will get in because of their conference records and because their conference is easily the most difficult. What a joke. All this tells me is the committee doesn't care about quality, only records. So in other words, I botched the reading of Chapstick's well-put-together text. You you can't – I don't – in my mind, I think all 10 teams in the Big 12 are deserving of a of a postseason bid. And not just like NIT or CBI. I think they're all tournament teams. But in that same vein, not all 10 are going to get in, right? I think maximum eight, but probably looking more like seven. So, yeah, 
it's a fair point, Josh. We all agree. We all agree that the Big 12 is the deepest, maybe the best conference in college basketball. But then in the same vein, you know, let's just use what's West Virginia right now? One in six in the conference. You know, even if West Virginia plays tight and stays high in the net, and I think they're one of the last um, eight out, I mean, yeah, re- records are going to matter on that front. You've got you've to win some games. I know, that, I know that sounds very Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. But at some point, back to the Lenardi take, Josh, you've got to go out and you've got to rack up dubs. You it's not win. just about who you're playing. Yeah, you've you got to win because the committee is in this – position where they've got the unenviable task of comparing the Big Ten against the Big 12, against the ACC, against the Pac-12, against these smaller conferences. And at the end of the day, the easiest metric to judge is, okay, we've got quadrant one, two, three, four wins, and oh, by the way, this program's got more of them than that program. Mm. Or just flat out, they've just got more wins, period. So, yes, while I think I think Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas Tech, they're all good teams. They're all good teams. Yep. West Virginia and Texas Tech, right? They've got one combined one combined league win between the two. They beat a lot of teams. At the end of the day, they've got one combined league win, and you can't reward losing all the time. Yep. Now, you've, again, it's going to sound simpler, that very simplified. You have to win games. you got to win games. You don't have to win as many as you would in another league, but you've got to win some. All right, so I thought a real, I thought Gabe, Gabe and I were doing the Big 12 show yesterday, and I thought Gabe asked a really good question, and I hadn't thought about this in a while. But is there anything about Texas having an interim coach and what, what happened with Chris Beard? Now, again, very early in the season, that factors into how they're viewed as a tournament team. I think I thought about it, guys, maybe for about a week's worth of games. And I haven't thought of it again until just now with you asking it. It's a perfectly legitimate question because it's possible that a coaching change could result in a dramatic change of directory for the team on the court, right? You, you could get a lot better or you could get a lot worse or you can stay about where you were. And I think by and large, Texas was really good then and they're still really good. I, I think – I can't imagine it will even come up in the room uh, other than to say, hey, what a great job he did taking over under less than ideal circumstances. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you've seen instances where and, – and they're very – they're few and far between, right, where you've seen a coaching change or something happens where there is a controversy or a guy leaves before the postseason to take another job – but this is such uncharted territory for something like this, Josh. I don't really know um, what 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 could be or should be or how it would be handled. To me, it's just, hey, give Texas credit. A lot of teams – and they had to play that night, right, after the whole Chris Beard saga went down. The way that they've handled it has been pretty good. I mean, as, as much as it sucks to give credit to 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 Texas, they've, they've been really good. No doubt. And, and I agree with that assessment there from Lenardi. The greatest credit to Texas right now is I don't know that there's much difference. Now, if you had just gotten light years better, okay, well then, wow, now we're really heaping all this praise out there. And probably under that scenario, 
Texas is either the national champion favorite or a legitimate, very, very serious Final Four contender, and they may still be that anyways. But the great credit right now to Texas is, honestly, we're not coming away night in, night out saying, boy, this team really misses Chris Beard. It's a great point. I talked to Rodney Terry yesterday, first time I talked to him. And, you know, we asked him what the, the whole vibe was and how that process played out with him taking over. And he said something fascinating. When he made the decision to leave Fresno State because Fresno State still wanted him. You know, it's not a situation where they're like, yeah, why don't you go take that assistance job at Texas? They wanted him to stick around. And Rodney said when he came to Texas, he didn't come with the idea of being an assistant. He came with being like a co-head coach with Chris Beard. So it wasn't anything new with him being in front of the team. And I feel like they've handled it well. Good stuff. Um, Oklahoma's got to win. And it's TCU tonight. We'll preview the Sooners and the Horned Frogs next. Plus, the top five stories of the day coming up right here on The Ref. Update Josh Helmer. I would, yes, I would love a Goldsby Studios Buffalo Wild, Buffalo Wild Wings Goldsby Studios weather update. Okay, so the bigger snowflakes are falling. We've heard from Dr. Kevin Clazel, who writes, those January upper levels are dominating at this moment as rain has changed over to snow across the Norman OKC metro. There has been an increase in traffic accidents in the OKC metro over the last 30 minutes. Still expect heavier bands of snow to cross this afternoon with three to four inch accumulation on grassy surfaces. Snow will also cover roadways while the heaviest snow bands are in progress, resulting in hazardous travel this afternoon through rush hour and this evening. So be careful, people. Breaking news. Oklahoma Sooners have been chosen as the unanimous number one team in the country, according to the ESPN.com USA Softball Collegiate Preseason Top 25. The Sooners received all 25 first-place votes to hold the top spot coming off their second consecutive national championship. Oklahoma was second. Oklahoma State's up there at three, followed by Florida State and Florida. I like Oklahoma State a lot, but like I've said many times, I think it's going to be similar early in the season for them in 23 as it was in 22. You said the vote looked like what at the top? Um. The, the top five, OU1, UCLA2, followed by Oklahoma State, Florida State, and Florida. Let's go. Sooners. A raucous crowd. We'll play nine of the preseason top 25 teams, including UCLA, OSU, and Florida State, and three ranked opponents in Stanford, Washington, and Duke in the opening weekend, which, by the way, um, is just a couple weeks away. It's the 16th straight season and 19th in the 21-year history of the ESPN.com USA softball poll that Oklahoma is ranked in the top 10. There you go. So kudos, again, to the people that pay attention when they vote on these things. Um, It looks like Lindsay's a little upset with us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line who writes, these listeners that are so upset about cats are pathetic Cat people aren't insecure enough to bash dogs. I just don't get one. FYI, I have never had to leave the bar because of my cat. That's hilarious. I, uh, 
I love my cat, Mr. Dave. Uh, well, again, in Mr. David and Lucy, we are cat owners. Lindsay, I would encourage you to listen to the podcast when it drops so you can understand my story as someone who is allergic to cats but yet has one that is currently crawling up its leg right now. Um, oh, and from the 405, the Plank Show has absolutely the best bumper music. Now, we get this a lot, and I want to make this very clear. It's all Josh. It's all Josh and his musical taste. So kudos to you and your your musical taste, Josh. I think we do an all right job. Uh, and then two more quick ones. Um, at what point, this is one I started to read earlier, at what point does the Big 12 Conference look like they don't know what they're doing when it comes to the football schedule? And then five, uh, let's see, uh, here's one more from the, uh, from Kenny from the 405. Any news on the football schedule? Well, when we come back in the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day, we got a little bit of news. Now, I'm not here to tell you that it's anything earth-shattering, but at the very least, one coach in the Big 12 has given us a little bit of perspective on where we are with the release of the Big 12 schedule. The world is a Which, um, for, the, for the coaches that have said, oh, you know, we'll just we'll get this by the final week in January. We're up on that deadline, boys. It's getting tight. Still no schedule. But I got an update for you next right here on The Ref.